Good evening, everybody. This is Jim Williamson in Detroit. This is Eric Smith from Sioux Falls. And How's everybody we have, doing? We have a good evening uh, for you tonight. We're going to be talking about WandaVision. And uh, if you're if you're my age, you're a baby boomer. You grew up with Walt Disney. It's a trusted name. As a maybe you're a grandparent now, um, you probably grew up watching Disney movies with your kids. Disney is not what it used to be. And tonight, I hope we're going to cover that so that especially you boomers, you'll be starting to watch more cautiously what your grandchildren are watching. There's a plot. It's it's not good. It's bad. And you need to be aware of it. So, Eric, why don't you begin? Because you know the history of everything. And and just take your time and, and tell us the history, the time frame that this takes place in, how it's hooked into the Avengers, many of the other comic writers um, for Marvel and uh, DC Comics. This is all interwoven and presenting a different view of history and a lot of other things. So Eric, go ahead, take over. Sure. So what uh, the show I'm talking about is WandaVision. Uh, it actually takes place about, I think, a couple a weeks after the last Avenger uh, movie called Endgame, which is where they basically went back in time to um, basically defeat Thanos. But anyways, in that whole process, uh, Vision had died as a result of uh, Thanos taking the Mind Stone from him, because the Mind Stone was integrated into Vision, uh, and then he was actually killed when Thanos actually took it. So, um, at that point, uh, the WandaVision thing takes place a couple weeks after that, and, you know, Wanda is in, is in mourning, because basically she has this relationship with uh, vision, which is a basically a synthetic human AI, uh, really a soulless entity that had the Mind Stone. Anyway, she uh, they had plans to basically um, move to this small town in the middle of nowhere, uh, where they had this plot of land that they were going to live on. Well, she goes there, and because she, part of the Mind Stones in her through her. She's basically a witch by the by the occult terms, and because she has magic as part of her her being, through her grief and sorrow, she was able to basically create a reality, um, almost a, a sense of mini multiverse, which encompassed the, the actual town, and basically changed all the people to kind of play a role and act as if it was a small town out of the, you know, the 1950s or something like that. Uh, but it's what's strange is she was actually able to bring back into existence her dead husband, Vision, back into that reality. And even they were able to even birth children within this um, mini multiverse. But, you know, they... Uh, at, at some point in the show, they actually uh, Vision makes an attempt to actually leave this kind of this inclusion. I forget what they call it in there. They call it the hexagon. I think that's what the term they used yes, in the show. Yes, the right, hexagon. the hexagon. Yeah. Um, Hex meaning six. Right, six. Again, you see yeah. that again. And as he tries to leave it, he basically starts to dematerialize. He can't exist um, outside of this reality. So this. This reality is can be controlled through all the occult magic and the piece of the Mind Stone that uh, that is in Wanda. But 
there are external forces outside of this hex hexagon um, that are trying or are trying to penetrate. And what's interesting is, as people enter into this hexagon, they they still exist, but they're different. They're different in a sense. They may have a different. They may be masked with a different clothing item than what they entered in, and they may even take on a differently role and job or uh, personality that is different within this hexagon, which I thought was profoundly interesting to me. Um, and then I, at some point, um, because this is this is the occult magic in the Mind Stone, um, there is a, a another witch that apparently infiltrates this hexagon, who is an ancient witch that is, I guess, has basically taken the magic out of multiple witches in, in order to make herself more powerful, but she was drawn to this for some reason um, and went in there to actually basically figure out how Wanda had basically made this reality and how that was even possible, and then she kind of discovered, you know, what Wanda had, and she was trying to basically extract the magical occult powers that she had into herself but um wanda was able to basically set up a i i don't even know what it was but there's there she basically put up these certain symbols in the air that allowed her to basically extract the magic back from agatha back into her and then basically wanda becomes the scarlet witch with the accompanying power of all these witches combined which i think plays a role later on in the series but um what is also interesting is outside they had taken vision's corpse and basically built the body from scratch back up into another vision but it doesn't have the mind stone because the mind stone is destroyed so it's kind of mindless and controllable and they were going to use this as a weapon to actually go into this hexagon and basically take out wanda take out this other vision that was in there. But in the course of that time, uh, there's an altercation between the two visions and the vision that, you know, was basically birthed into reality from Wanda um, was able to convince the, um, the artificial one, the white vision, as they would call it. If you see the show, he's, he's white in there. Um, He's con he's, he convinces the white vision to take uh, be able to download all his his memories that he has because he doesn't have the mind stone into the white vision and then immediately at that point that white vision knows who he is so here you have the mind stone that Wanda had with the memories of and, and, and data of all the information that uh, uh, was in the original vision get transferred over to the white vision that white vision actually leaves the hexagon. So I know that's going to actually play another part in um, the show later on. But basically, it is Vision at that point. He's he's reborn in this new bot body and is allowed to basically leave the hexagon. So, No, no for um, <clears throat> the older generation that doesn't know probably half of what you said, um, the, believe me, your children and your grandchildren know exactly what he said. And that's the concern. Uh, those that follow DC Comics, uh, Marvel Comics, um, the different other comic books. Now, all of these people are that are writers for this program, producers for the program. They all have a background, invariably uh, some greater or lesser, uh, with these different comic book series. 
but they're all interlinked together to call to tell one big story. So the the witch one uh, um, was a separate uh, comic book series. Uh, the Avengers separate maybe from uh, from some of the other DC Marvel comics, but they are all integrated in each other. So older guys like myself in, in you know seventy, um, I'd say even up to maybe uh, uh, sixty or maybe in fifty five would maybe be the limit, uh, the generation limit. You probably are clueless to know anything about any of this, but what we want to present to you tonight is the fact that this is serious and you need to take a little bit of time, go to Wikipedia, look under WandaVision, under Wikipedia, there is a mother load of information that you can take upon yourself, do your own research, look up some of these names, look up the different writers and the, uh, different things. You can begin to see how serious all this really is. It's very mind corrupting. Now, the biggest plot that, that Eric, you and I saw was the fact that they go in this little bubble universe that was created. They start in the 50s and then they progressively go up the, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and they do parodies of some of the most famous, well-known and beloved uh, pro family type programs, mostly centered around family. It was all of it, all throughout the decades is centered around family so that my three sons, Bachelor's father, um, leave it to beaver these are the ones that were classics from the 50s and so they repackage them and present them and you'll see this on wikipedia they take pride in this they put a spiritual corruptness filthy corruptness in starting at the 50s is the worst and then progressively it's getting better so that this crazy world that we live in now is made normal and acceptable this is what's not now the moral balanced people offering <clears throat> everything and anything, whatever those is uh, uh, the words of Aleister Crowley, whatsoever thou uh, feels like doing, do it. Um, that kind of a philosophy. So it's it's leading up to starting at a base degrading of the 50s. I mean. I never thought I would live to see today where I see this uh, an offtake of the 50s movie and they're talking about having I don't even know how can I you know what I'm saying you know what I'm trying to get to right now right how do I even say it to be appropriate you can't be I say it believe it or not the discussion as a comic situation comedy where everybody's laughing and everything is talking about having anal sex yeah that is just decadent that is just sick there was nothing ever like that in the 50s but unfortunately if you're 55 or younger you don't know that because you've never watched any of the black and white uh 50s movies unless you happen to uh champion a uh, one cable channel called we which uh and and me we they play all the 50s uh, uh movies and everything so that on a typical 50s station without any political or religious uh controversy I remember one on Father Knows Best. They're sitting there at Thanksgiving. They're all sitting there and they hold hands and they're praying, thanking the Lord for their food, for their you know country, for different various things. And they're holding hands and then they close it with, in Jesus' name, amen. That was a typical 50s show. You could, everybody had a sense of moral integrity and rightness. Everybody had a clear path to express the Judeo-Christianity without any controversy or alarms going off from the ACLU or anyone else. Um, 
what they did is redefine it. So now it's a situation comedy where they're talking about sex in general. I mean, the whole parodies on all the programs in the 50s were sexually oriented with many innuendos and things that you just would not believe would ever be uh, spoken of. They're representing and rewriting history for the younger generation so that they think, wow, you guys are really that decadent way back then and look at how normal it's getting now so that you accept the sick world that we're living in now makes totally makes a normal reality for everyone and that's the trick that they're doing through this <clears throat> and as i said all you have to do is go on to wikipedia and look up wandavision and it'll give you the cast it'll give you all the different information of producers and and a, a backstory and history on all of us and they are actually prideful that they made this irreverent parodies of all of the uh 50s 60s and it progressively got cleaner every decade that it went but it was still uh just a, a lot of craziness when they get into the 60s they show how how pure and and great and wonderful the great rebellion of baby boomer generation was against the uh the world war ii generation um it's just a complete reversal of history it's just it's pretty disgusting and anyways they make it easier for us to make our point they're bragging about it they think it's the greatest thing they did in accomplishing this movie is to re uh, to make it irreverent and they wanted everybody to be disgusted on that because they want everybody to believe that that's really what the 50s was all about it's it's a pretty slick trick that satan is pulling on all of us and using one time a very trusted name to do that um but you know, there's some there's some real scientific connections here too, isn't there? I mean, with you know, with the stones, like you had explained with with these stones and everything. Oh, I can't hear you, Eric. The Levitical priesthood, uh, right? They would wear the they were, would wear the how what do you call it? Uh, they have the, the, the ephod. The, the ephod. The, thank you. The ephod. The, yeah. Basically, the twelve stones that are on there. Mm -hmm. So basically, the infinity stones that you mentioned. It, uh, from Avengers controlled all aspects of reality, time, mind, the soul stone, all this stuff could, could augment, change reality and create a universe or get rid of people. Um, but the reality is there's a, there's a truth to it. You know, in the Avengers there's six stones, but in reality uh, there's the 12 stones that are on the ephod. And, um, you know, basically Satan has access to nine, but he's three short, so he can't, he can't really fulfill his destiny to, you know, basically eternalize this place into his own domain, basically, well, in a nutshell. One of, one of the things that we have understood from quantum physics is that you, uh, as God spoke things out into existence and then would come back and reaffirm what he had done, Satan is imitating the same but opposite. He's doing the same thing. Now, in Ezekiel 38, it claims that these different construction elements were given to satan and when you look at it in context there's originally talking to the prince of tyre and then it translates right into you know you're talking directly to satan himself and they're comparing him to his um misuse of skates uh, skill and trade and and falsely misrepresenting some things to get what what he wanted the prince of tyre was a type and shadow of the same thing that satan was doing but in satan's place <clears throat> it it says that you know, it describes that he was given these stones. And I've always wondered, you know, before I was aware of a lot of these things, Eric, I used to read that and go, man, that's so confusing. What is it? You know, God's giving Satan a bunch of rocks and it's 
some kind of power and yep. it just doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm, after I became an actual um, Bible scholar that could go back to the original languages and see everything for what it was in the original language, I'm going, oh my gosh, these these stones were used as construction elements to build an intertwining fence. Then I realized, oh my God, that's the electromagnetic force field that is around the earth that once was to protect and serve the earth is now used to hold us in a linear existence. And what's being manipulated is space, time, and dimension by manipulating the magnetic powers. And when we see in the um, from quantum physics that these elements are like filters when the when the light or the um, the element I can't the, they call them quarks but what is it it's uh, the smallest element I'm having a senior moment so I apologize everybody uh, it's been a long day for me um, I'm trying to think when these elements go through the slot if they are if these if these other types of gemstones are used as a filter so that the light going as it's going through and it produces the light going through this filter it actually changes the characteristics of that filter it gives actually a syntax for a language sound and vibration um, as it goes through the slit it disrupts the space time that is right below it and it creates a pattern and this pattern actually is the wave pattern a result of the disruption of space and time, which ends up sending ripples to a canvas in behind, which writes history. Now, the first one that goes in sets the course, and you look at it or measure it. Now, funny, funny that the two secret societies that claim they have the ability to look at it and measure are the Masons, which is the, the measuring tools, or the Illuminati all-seeing eye. When you look or measure something, so the moment you do that, it takes a snapshot picture of that very time in space and time. So if you know that this ripple is creating a certain amount of something right at that moment, you take a snapshot of it, and that's what is produced on the fabric of space time. The second one that goes in can overwrite the first one, but the first one will never overwrite, overwrite the, the second one. So it's called a quantum entanglement. They're both directly related. So the interesting thing is that they don't, Satan is not given a full 12 filters. He's missing three of them. Now, each one of these stones in the ephod, the tablet of judgment is what it's called, <clears throat> represents a tribe. It represents the prophecies related to that tribe in the Bible. When you look at all these things and you see the interpretation of the tribe, the prophecies for the tribe, you realize that the three that are left out, the three stones that Satan doesn't have, that only the, uh, that God is able to have, are three attributes that Satan will never have. One is to be a, a, a servant, one is to bring life, and one is to be an overcomer. The three things that Satan will never do is to overcome. He will never bring life, he brings death. He will never be a servant, he wants to rule. So these are the three acts of rebellion that have been denied him, which means if you have a recipe and you have the three main ingredients left out, you don't have anything at all. The joke, I've said this before, you know, God picked up a handful of dirt and uh, made all the creation and rested on the seventh day and said this was this was good. 
Satan looks at that. He understands the mechanics behind all this stuff. All this stuff. So he picks up a handful of dirt, and God says, "Hey, that's my dirt. Get your own." Well, he can't get his own. So the, what ends up happening is he has to manipulate, tweak, and distort what he does have. What he doesn't realize, he hasn't got the whole recipe. So this leads on to many other elements of science. Maybe we can get into this later, but I think we're pretty much wrapped up our show. I think we're almost at, what, a little over 15 minutes now? Uh, we're actually about 20 minutes in. Okay. I think we're good for tonight. I think we covered okay. enough to get your interest peaked. I hope that you will go ahead and check that uh uh, that website out on Wikipedia, and then check out some of the names that are involved. You'll find out these are pretty sick, twisted people that take enjoyment of being perverted, of purposely. Oh, and one of them, which is a co-producer, an ex-CIA agent. My, is that a, just a coincidence? No, it's not. What, what what was his name again? Um, you know, it's on the it's on that sheet. What is and on that sheet? Bet I don't have Tom King. Tom, Tom King. King is a name you want to look up as part of the, the producers, a former CIA agent. I think that's pretty marvelous. Uh, the ones to look up are Fergie, Schaefer, Sharkman, Levanos. Uh, they've all dedicated themselves to making this series an irreverent tone, especially to the past going progressively better toward the future. That was their design and gosh under the direction of tom king former cia agent yeah that says a multitude right there you yep. don't think this is all part of the plan for an end time deception it is folks and all you have to do is take a check and, and check it out so i think we're done um we don't know what we're going to do next week but you know we will and had enough time to uh give you some more insight on on some of this um, and as soon as we know what we're going to do, we're going to look on my Facebook page or Eric's Facebook page uh, for any further updates. And, and uh, we're going to have this posted probably tonight or tomorrow. So God bless everybody. When I end in prayer, just uh, Lord, we just pray right now for our audience. You'll allow them to take some time to search this out, to see the seriousness of it, to talk to their if they've already had their children you know watch this or ask questions about it don't i but insulate them if they have seen some already walk them through watch it with them again continue watching maybe the thing let them know the wickedness because they're certainly going to know it their classmates are going to know it you want to help them be prepared to be strong to know God and to know his will and to know what's going on, the evil around. Not that they will be influenced, but but your influence will overpower that. So you take it upon yourself first to, to be informed, to be aware, and then reach out to your children and grandchildren so that they can be insulated and be strong and do exploits against the works of the Yavni. Lord, we just pray that this will be a realization and, a, and a, an awakening for everyone that's in our audience today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. And Thank you. God bless you. God bless. Good night, everyone.